This is the Helen Hancock Podcast, episode 54. This week, persecuted minority leader, how many poets can you name? And they are shooting JR again, and the rest of the gang. Podcasting live from London, this is Gary, Patrick and Heather. Oh, what a week, what a week. Yeah, only uh. just live, I think. <laughs> Doing our best to sound vaguely alive. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, I, I had an infuriating moment this week. What was that? Infuriating. You, you know when you just want to do something fairly simple in life and there's that person in front of you that just wants to make a complete, you know, joke of the whole situation. Um, I went, uh, I want to change gyms because um, the gym I'm going to at the moment has this crazy notion that you have to do exercise. So I need to go somewhere where you can just sit in a nice spa. No, yeah, I'm, kid- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not why I'm doing it. Um, <laughs> but- why it sounds sensible <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, um, I looked up the, the policy of this gym to find out how you how you cancel, and apparently you just go in um, and fill in a form, and you have to give a month's notice from your next direct debit, which is a bit of a, a bit annoying. You can't just give a month's notice; it has to be from your next direct debit. So effectively, I'm giving a month and a half's notice. Um, so it's all about them. Um, so I went in, and the guy said, "Yes, you need to um, fill in a form and write us a letter telling us why you want to leave." Can you name names, Gary? Which chain was this? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, um, but um, uh, I said, well, no. I said, um, I, I have to fill in a form. That's what your policy says on your website. That's what you've put in front of me. That's what I'm going to do. No, but you also have to tell, give us a letter to say why you want to leave. I said, I need to do no such thing. This is just a, a legal termination of contract. That's all I need to do. So I, I started filling in the form, filled in the details, uh, reason for leaving gym, moving gyms. That's all I put. That's all I need to put. That's more than I needed to put in actual fact. I don't yeah. need to give them any reason. I just want wanted to help their marketing team um so i did that and then he says yeah but you need to write us a letter as well i said no i've told you i'm i'm not going to write a letter and this guy looks at his colleague and goes guy can't write a letter and i said no i didn't say i can't write a letter i said i won't write a letter <clears throat> oh, that's fantastic. And then, thinking that was the end of the subject, he puts a piece of paper and a pen in front of me. <laughs> it's system, Gary. You can't, you can't go against the system. I just smiled and said, I've already told you. <laughs> no, no, the thing is, Gary, you should have said to them, I have this real problem. I'm just not sure whether it should be yours sincerely or yours faithfully. <laughs> so I can't write the letter. It's just, I can't write the letter. I can't write the letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm incapable. <laughs> dear, dear, I quit. Love, Gary. Yes. That's what I should no, have no, written. I think love is appropriate in that in that uh, context. Really? <laughs> yeah. Truly yours. I think it should have been um, yours faithfully. Or, or, or just that really annoying way of signing off anything. Best. Yes. <laughs> I hate people that just write best at the end best, of an email. I know, best what? <laughs> I know. I bet that's what Nick Griffin signs his um, letters off with. Oh, uh, do you think? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Have you had one from it? <clears throat> you, you know what? We don't actually talk um, <laughs> or communicate in any way, shape or form. I don't know why. Because um, I, I feel I almost should write him a letter to say how sorry I feel for the poor sweet guy and the way that he was persecuted on BBC's Question Time this week. 
<laughs> I know it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's he, he's a leader of a minority party. He showed up in good faith to talk about the, the news of the, the day. The strike, apparently. <laughs> Oh dear! If you didn't see it, Nick, um, Nick Griffin is the leader of the BNP, the British National Party, and we have this program in the UK called Question Time, where politicians sit around and debate the news stories of the day. It's the sort of thing that really doesn't happen, I don't think, in very many countries in the world. Um, I think our politicians just must be the most stupid to actually agree to sit down and do this stuff, because most of them end up looking pretty silly at the end of the day. Gives us stuff to talk about, though. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, I watched it. Did you guys watch it? And, I watched and the thing it. Is, well, of course, they got four times their usual v- viewer numbers, which yeah. is quite amazing. And it is scary that the BNP got 3,000 new members out of it and 300,000 hits to their website. Um, so, you know, maybe Peter Haynes, right? I, well, I, I assume you've probably seen Peter being interviewed because he's been very vocal on it um, but he's saying that you know the BBC should never have given the BNP this publicity um, I can't decide what I think really but I have to say that I was astonished at quite how stupid Nick Griffin was <laughs> I, I just it never occurred to me that he would be that much of an idiot he just yeah I thought he would come across better than he did I have to say yeah it was extraordinary he kept kind of shooting himself in the foot yeah, I mean, all that stuff place. about Holocaust and all, you know, just say it, you know. If you really think it, you know, have the guts to say it. Yeah. Well, no, he's saying that he changed his mind, but he can't say <sighs> why he changed his mind because he'd be prosecuted. And I have to say, I just adore Jack Straw, like, when he just went, well, no, I promise you that you won't be prosecuted, I'm the Justice Minister. And then, of course, then the audience were all laughing and saying, just say it, because yeah. he's given permission to say it. And he wouldn't say it. He just, it was just ridiculous. Well, <laughs> probably because he knows that, um, you know, he does leave the country, he does go to other countries, um, and and... Jack Straw can say one thing, but they could lock him up in in the other countries. Well, yes, but why why even bring it up then? Because well, he he's an idiot. Up, he? so yeah, a... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just ridiculous the whole thing. Uh, was... so, I mean, I thought what was quite interesting was where he did make some points that were just ignored, which I think is you know that's obviously why there's been a membership spike and, and, you know, this has happened, you know, because the point he made about Churchill was completely ignored. Do you think the BBC will have him back on in the next year or two? I would think so, yeah. So more than half of the primary school teachers cannot name more than two poets, a study has shown. Research found that 58% could not name... Could, 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 found that 58% could name either one, two or none at all. The study by academics at the Open University in Cambridge and Reading warned that teachers' very limited knowledge of poetry is damaging children's reading skills. Well, there are two ways you can look at this, aren't you? You know, a lot of poetry is claptrap, so, you know, I can uh, think, you know, that kids aren't missing much. But, um, <laughs> but also, um, you know, I don't know, teachers, what, I mean, you just, what do they do in teacher training college? They're there for two years, you know. How... But I, what are they doing in a basic education? I mean, I would have thought if you passed, if you passed your GCSEs and your A-levels enough to get into teacher training, you would know more than two poets. I mean... Yeah, you do want to happen you go through school without knowing more than two. I yeah. just find that unbelievable. I mean, surely 
Yeah, and and in primary school we studied more than two poets, you know. But they're saying that they don't uh, they don't teach that stuff in primary school anymore, apparently. And clearly they mustn't, because otherwise the teachers would be able to. It is very. Sh- I think it's really quite a shocking statistic. It's all Spike Milligan and Pam Ayres, isn't it? Oh, is, you know, could they even name Pam Pam Ayres? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. you would think that, you think they'd at least know, like T. S. Eliot. You know, have the cat poems for the kids, or or um, uh, what's his name? Um, he's me going. Oh, what's his name? He wrote about Do- the daffodils. Doctor <laughs> Doctor Zeus. That well-known poet. What's his name? Yes. What's his name from up north? Um, you know, or John Betjeman, or oh, well, I mean, okay. Like sort of Shakespeare. I mean, it's like just think how quickly would you be able to name, you know, 10, 20 poets? Most of us, I would think. It is just really quite extraordinary. It is. And these are primary school teachers, and these are the people that are giving the foundation of education to our little children. They need to be doing better. I know it's it's poor bad form and but also what about like if it was high school like you said in a way if they said high school high school teachers were interviewed and some of them are like mathematics or science teachers you'd say all right fair enough if it was high school English teachers not good but primary school teachers should have a broad knowledge shouldn't they and poetry should be a basic part of that knowledge well I, I thought that unlike when I went to school these days teachers are pretty much told what they have to teach and they they're given these syllabuses and they're told what kids have to be able to know by a certain age so if they're if they're being told they have to teach poetry then they should know these things if it's not in there and in the syllabus it says you you don't have to teach poetry but you do have to teach them to read and write then maybe they don't have to know it but they still should be able to answer basic questions and you know when i was little you used to look up to your teachers because they knew stuff yeah exactly that was the point of them being there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You'd be lucky now. Yes. Yeah. I can't, I, nowadays it's, I can't answer your question in case I'm sued. It's not in the curriculum. Yeah. <laughs> there must be poetry in the curriculum. I mean, it, I suppose I'm not an expert on what they have to teach, but it does seem. And also there was that lovely program where um, children, uh, you know, where the children were reading out poetry and then, um, they basically whittled it down to one child. And they did all seem to have these basic poems that all the kids knew. But I don't know, maybe the kids were just brighter than the teachers or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> they're all about 10. They would have been primary school age. Yeah. Or maybe they, they just went to a proper school. Possibly, yeah, maybe. Maybe they were just... But they, they seem to be from like quite a wide variety of schools and things, but... <clears throat> I'm just looking on that internet um, to, to see what um, um, kids need to know. And that there is actually a list of um, required reading and stuff um, within um, the national curriculum. Let's have a look at this and see if any of this is... Uh, oh, it's in Microsoft Word. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> I was expecting a PDF or a web page, but it's actually a Word document. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... Um, uh, National Curriculum List of Writers and Poets. Um, so they've got um, um, major writers before 1914. Um, so you've got the the likes of um, William Blake, Emily Bronte, 
Um, Alfred Lloyd Tennyson and then um, Alfred Lord Tennyson Lord Tennyson sorry (laughs) Uh, it's his brother Lloyd Um, Lloyd, (laughs) (laughs) um, and examples of recent and contemporary drama uh, fiction uh, the likes of uh, Mildred Taylor uh, Robert Westall Douglas Dunn um, and uh, who else well there's two poets poets there already isn't there because you've got um, Tennyson and yeah. Blake, yeah. Uh, Joe Shapcott, Dawn French. You've got Dawn French. No, I haven't. I made that up. <laughs> I was going to say, don't, don't, I've already had, I've already had strong words this morning. Don't more. <laughs> I know you're trying to upset Patrick, aren't you? Oh. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, let me have. I've got the paper in front of me. Let's see what number she is in the bestseller lists this oh week. Oh no! Here oh, we go. Oh God. <laughs> Robert Westall now that's a good author oh she's down to number six this week down from number four and got some sense is returning to the bestseller charts okay are you delighted yes <laughs> oh well that's that's going to cost me another few thousand this week as I go on to buy another few crates of that book to move it back up the charts for next week <laughs> I love the image of you with a whole crate of Dawn French novels in your attic. Yeah. Oh. Not novels, You wait, 25th of December, there'll be a knock on your door. There'll be me and a couple of crates of Dawn French books for you. I thought Joe Brown's got a book out as well, so we can overdose on unfunny fat women. Ooh. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. I do feel, I mean, you know, if you think Dawn French is unfunny, uh, what's her name, Mum? Who have I just talked about? Joe Brand. Joe Brand. Oh, God. You know, she makes Dawn French look like the funniest woman in the world. Oh. Oh, I don't mind Joe Brand, actually, except um, the only thing, the only objection I would have to Joe Brand is that every time I've seen her, she's pretty much done the same routine. I haven't seen her. I think she's. I can't believe that. But I found, you know, I do find some of her stuff funny and I think she seems, and I do think she seems genuinely nice. I mean, maybe I'm just a bit biased towards her because of her background. I think it's quite, it's she's got quite an interesting, you know, She's, fun- she's certainly funnier than, uh, than Russell Brand, that's for sure. Um, yes, <laughs> I would definitely say that. Um, yeah. I, I saw her, actually, uh, a few years ago um, at a pilot for a TV show for the BBC that never actually made it to air. It was called Celebrity, and it was presented um, by Cilla Black. Um, and they had um, Joe Brand as the team captain on one side, um, and uh, oh, what's that annoying American woman's name? Um, uh, Ruby Ware. Yeah. On the on the other side, and you just looked Can't at those. I knew that. Yeah, go on. God, you just this is, this is a swathe of unfunniness. Um, and they had like you know people on each on each team, and you you just you just looked at the, at the thing before they even opened their mouths. You just thought, you know what, whatever whatever they say, um, it's just going to be rude and unusable. And Joe Brand, about halfway through the show, obviously realised that this was never ever going to make it out. And you know this was this show it was the pilot, and it was going to end up on the cutting room floor, even if they made a series which by halfway through it was quite obvious they were not um so so she basically just started swearing um you know using using the f word and the c word whenever possible and Silla black just sort of sat there like slumped in her chair like i could just go home now and it would be fine do you know i'm really surprised Silla black didn't have a coronary <laughs> i wish they'd bring back blind date i really miss that oh god Unbelievable! I can't imagine her coping with that very well. No, no, it, it was um, <laughs> quite amazing. 
have you ever uh, been have you ever been on a plane and like been circling round and round and round before you land in, into um your destination it, it it kind of feels quite normal when you get back to Heathrow yeah. that you're going to uh, go round and round in, in a circle. And you're not going to come straight into land. Um, well, um, that kind of happened to um, some people in America this week, but in a slightly different way. They didn't go round and round and round. They went straight past their destination by some 150 miles because apparently the two pilots were arguing with each other. Um, the news story reads that controllers tried in vain to contact the Northwest Airlines crew to tell them that they were approaching Minneapolis Airport. You'd hope they'd know. But the airport's <laughs> for Airbus 320 travelling from San Diego with 144 passengers passed over the city at 37,000 feet. Contact was not established again until 14 minutes later, by which time the plane had overshot by 150 miles before the pilots turned around and landed safely. What? <laughs> it's just extraordinary. And I love the way um, the pilots are saying they were having a heated conversation about airline policy. That's, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, they must have turned their radio thingies off because otherwise they would have heard the conversation, wouldn't they? Do they have like loudspeakers in the cockpit or do they have to have their um, earpieces on? I don't know how it works. I'm not. I've never flown a plane. I'm sorry. I, I think you have to have your, your your headphones on to be able to hear what's being said. Because it'd be too noisy if you didn't have headsets on. You wouldn't hear everything. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So may, maybe they're taking their headsets off because um, they they didn't want it to be recorded by the black box recorder or something. Yeah. Because of what because of what they were saying. Yes, exactly. Hey, I, you just did that air quotes thing with your hands, didn't you? Um, I didn't, but I did it with my voice. <laughs> In your mind. <laughs> mind. I just, I mean, I can't imagine them falling asleep on each other. That would be rather funny. Because <laughs> that's the one possibility, isn't it, that they've fallen asleep? Both of them? Well, it's a bit odd. I don't... I just... Uh, the whole thing... It is very funny, though. I feel really sorry for the people on the plane. Because it's mm. saying... It says that the pilots... They're investigating whether they fell asleep, whether whether it was pilot fatigue. Mm. I, I just can't see that both of them would fall asleep. Not both of them. Why is it called pilot fatigue? You know, why do they have to give these things these names? Why not just say pilots asleep? Yes. Pilot fatigue. No, it's pilot fatigue syndrome. PFS, yeah. well known. <laughs> it has an acronym. It must be true. Yeah, I get it all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I just, I, I just find it really suspicious. And and, the, and I love the way they're saying um, that. Um, where, where, where was that line? Um, to tell the crew that they were approaching Minneapolis Airport. My hope when I'm sitting on a plane is that the pilot knows where we are at every single moment of the flight <laughs> to within a millimetre. Uh, clearly they don't. They need to be told, Gary. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've got the computer for. Yeah, and that's why you should never fly again. <laughs> I know. You just almost hear the hear, hear the guys say, saying, "Sorry, so where are we aiming for again?" Don't use the word "aim." It's like <laughs> doesn't Don't fill use me the with a pleasure. Word. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh dear. Oh dear. I look forward to um, the, um, the the further instalments in this one because uh, yes. um, we need to know more when the investigation starts. Yes, I'd love to know. Okay, Q. 
Cue the music. This is a great story. Paul McCartney once said in response to a new story that the Beatles were to reform that you can't reheat a souffle. But apparently uh, TV makers in the US are about to do exactly that. They've got this souffle, they're putting it in the microwave and they're putting it on full as Dallas is about to make a comeback with Larry Hagman returning to his role as J.R. Ewing. Isn't that fabulous? Do you think it'll be as good as the second Crossroads? <laughs> oh, I, th- I think so. Well, Linda Gray is now 69 and Patrick Duffy is 60. Yes, and uh, Larry Hagman's nearly 80, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, it'll just be hilarious. I can't wait. I just think it will be so funny. I always used to think that Sue Ellen Ewing was one of the best television characters ever. She oh, was yeah. just fabulous. And if she could do that, reprise that, like as an older woman, it could be... I mean, she could be like the Miss Ellie, only only with being Sue Ellen. Yeah. And with a bottle of uh, vodka in her hand. Yeah, exactly. Completely drunk all the time. And oh, it'll just be. And, you know, of course, JR will be like this terrible, dirty old man now, won't he? <laughs> oh, you see, I was never allowed to watch it. It was on the band list in my house. So it passed me by. Oh, I loved it. It was fantastic. It was just absolutely the most ridiculous thing. But then, as all these soaps are. You just you just remember way back some of the great stories like um, when um, they did this whole series, the whole series of the show, um, and then um, Bobby Ewing woke up or walked out yeah. of the shower, didn't he? And, yeah, that's and, fantastic. And, 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 it, and it was all just um, a big a dream. dream. That was amazing. And you can almost see them sort of doing another like two series of them doing all of this stuff and having all of this excitement. Um, and then Bobby Ewing just kind of waking up in his old folks' home chair going, oh... <laughs> Well, he's a bit young for an old folks' home, but you know, one maybe maybe Jr. could. <laughs> but yes, Bobby Ewing getting out of the shower is—it um, wasn't Bobby's dream. It was uh, Pam's it was dream, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. she she woke up and she heard the shower going, and Bobby came out of it because uh, he was dead in the series. Yeah. Yeah, he'd been run over by oh, one of the other characters. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Lucy, maybe. Anyway. Mm. It was one of those moments when you just heard TV makers across the world go, damn it, why didn't we think of that? We could have turned back the clock and had you know the, the golden years all over again if we had just thought of this. <laughs> oh, it is going to be terrible, though, isn't it? You know, why not just come up with some new ideas? So, because there are no new ideas. I mean, but, you know, they you weren't know, then, though, so, you know, how... I don't know. I don't know. There seem to be, though. I think now that seems to be that all Hollywood can do is rehash old, like, turn soaps into films, re, you know, re, rehash films, do endless sequels, and television as well, because Melrose, not Melrose Place, sorry, Beverly Hills 90210 is back on, isn't it? And Melrose yes. Place is coming back. Is it? No. Yes. No, it is. Not. Yes. And Sammy Joe's going to be in it. Sammy, Sammy Joe. Joe? Oh no, that, no, that was her. That was her Dallas thing. What was it? Heather Locklear. Oh, Heather Locklear. Right. Special yeah. guest star, Heather Locklear. Yes, she was. She was the. Um, sorry, her, her name was Sammy Joe in in Dallas. In Dynasty. Rem- Dynasty. Yeah, I'm sure she was Dynasty, not Dallas. But she, I'm sure she came into Dallas on a Kate. I don't know. Did she? This is just. She ma- She was married to the the gay son, wasn't she? In Dynasty, to Joan Collins' gay son, Stephen. Right. 
she was the wife of him, I think. Could be <sighs> using really excellent English at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Patrick's making notes. I know. Yes. <laughs> it's all going into the dossier for when we have you committed. <laughs> she was his wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ma Amanda Woodward in. Pronouns. Yeah, the latest the latest thing in the Heather Locklear uh, list says Melrose Place, Amanda Woodward, one episode, two thousand nine. Oh, okay. So she's she might just be a cameo then, or a guest star, as it were. Uh, well, she, as Patrick said, she is always special guest star. Yes. Heather Locklear. Yeah, when she's been in it for about eight years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, she, Dynasty, you're right. She was in that. I don't see her listed in Dallas, so no. I might have to be standing, standing you're, corrected You're getting on her one. confused with Lucy, aren't you? The poison dwarf in Dallas. Oh, yes, I am. Because she was a similar character, that little blonde one. Yeah. Yep. Yes, you're right. And, and you know what? I was too young to actually watch Dallas properly the first time around, so I'm very hazy on most of this. Yes, I, I actually watched it all um, sort of a bit later, but then... Yeah, oh, no, That's I'm even getting, worse. Do you know what? I am getting them completely confused in my head as well. I'm yeah. thinking, I think it might have even been Dynasty that was a bit later than Dallas, wasn't it? God, so it's ten years since Melrose Place. Gosh, I thought it was longer. <laughs> 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 that is amazing. But yes, I don't understand. I mean, Patrick's right. Why aren't there any new ideas? But they just don't seem to be. Well, it's 93 to 99, actually, Melrose Place. Mm. So there we go. Uh, 200 episodes, I think she was in. Wow. I never expected to talk so long today about Heather Locklear. <laughs> no, who'd have thought? She must be about <laughs> 70 by now as well. God. No, she's not that. I don't think she is. I think, well, she's probably she's in her 50s. She's, she's not. She's 48. Oh, right, gosh, okay. 10 years older than me. Gosh. Just think I could have been a star in Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly could have if you'd wanted to. Nothing's stopping you. So, no, I, I suppose, well, apart from the fact the show's not on anymore, that would stop me. <laughs> So well, I guess, I could be in this new one, couldn't I? Are they, is it, are they still going to be in the block of flats? I think they're just going to go, well, it's Melrose Place. They, 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 yeah. they're, they're going back. There is no yeah. place than Melrose Place. <laughs> Presumably Dallas will still be at South Fork. <laughs> Presumably it'll be the son having inherited the house or something and, and having the old parents living there, JR and uh, Sue Ellen. It could be something like that. Mm. I need to find out when Melrose Place is coming back now before we go. Okay, because that's really interesting, listening to you searching on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have somewhere to be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking more about the poor listeners. I think you're going to have to... I've got to do some study after this, so keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the four-hour podcast. Um, oh, here we go. Um, 2009... Um, air day, air day, air day. September, I think it's already been on. There are shows to be watched. Oh. I may have to um, see if there's any clips online I can go and watch right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Right now. So I think on that note. On that note, are we done? I yes. think we might Another be. Week. Well done. <laughs> Another week closer to the Melrose Place. Yes. <laughs> and the Dallas. Oh, uh, well, have a great week, you two. You too. Okay. Bye. 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 Cheers. Bye.